As an HR manager, have you ever felt sandwiched between business on one side and the employee on the other side? Do you find employees talking to you in one year, business talking to you in the other year and not knowing which way to turn? If you've ever been in that position, then you're not alone. Join us on this episode of Close the Loop as we unpack the question that is on every HR's mind. Hum aapke hai kaun? To join me in doing this is a special guest, Sudeep Ralhan, the CHRO of Upstocks. Sudeep, welcome to Close the Loop. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. I know you work for global companies as well. Uh, so do you feel that it's a very Indian employee mindset where, you know, we bring a part of our personal life into the workspace and we expect our workspace to also understand, like we, we expect our manager to understand our personal situation. We expect the HR leader to understand our personal situation. Do you feel that this is very unique to India? Well, it's to an extent, yes. And I think it's beautiful, right? It's mm. I remember many, many years ago, uh, we were dealing with some retention challenges with uh, uh, with one of my, one of the projects I was supporting. And to my surprise, I got a call from someone who said that, uh, you know, my son has resigned from your company. Can you oh. please draw some sense into him? What is he trying to do? From the parent. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it actually gave us insights to realize that whether it be decisions about taking up jobs, leaving jobs, you know, the entire social ecosystem of an individual is involved, right? right? Which can be a great thing, which is why Indian companies compared to many other companies in the US, etc. have these things on family day and this and that and stuff like that. And uh, one can get cynical about it. But the reality is, like you said, there is, I think, very organically because of our culture or whatever, uh, there is a bit of more of integration and not as much compartmentalization between work and so-called life. Right? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and one tends to flow into the other, which is, which is a good thing, which I think leads to a lot of positive engagement. All the good trends that we've seen on the India side and the India talent side over the last two decades uh, on productivity, on engagement and all of that is partly due to factors like this. But do you think the business really cares? I mean, uh, I know that HR leaders... Uh, and I worked with a, a lot of them, uh, even as an employee, right? So I feel that they are probably the most empathetic people in right. a company on, on average, right? But do you find that over time, businesses have really started caring? Or is it like they just don't they don't care so much about the, the personal side of the employee story? So they, they no, just want it, performance at the end of the day. I think it's unfair to uh, put everyone in the same bucket. It depends upon organizations. I have been fortunate or I have just made the right choices of having worked with organizations that are truly empathetic. I remember 20 years ago, and the important thing is, it's, it's not about, um, it's, it's, it's not just about people being a people champion. It's about design principles, right? That okay, you place you people at the heart of your decisions. Okay. So for example, about I remember 20 years ago, there were some major policy changes around performance and so on getting considered. And uh, I was a very small cog in the wheel sitting in a room full of heavyweights. And our leader was there. And at the end of one and a half hours of convoluted discussions on, on filled with multiple slides, he looked right towards me and said, what will people feel? What will people really think? And I said, people will not like it. Right. And this won't work because what you're trying to achieve will actually achieve the opposite. And did that change? Yeah, the, yeah it, just... they went back to the drawing board, mm -hmm. right? They went back to the drawing board. And then as recent as about a year ago in, in Upstocks itself, we were having another conversation around policies and so on. And our co-founder and CEO, Ravi, uh, asked the same question right in the middle of the conversation saying, but how will people feel about this? Yeah. 
What do people really want? So I think progressive leaders always do that because they realize that ultimately mm. business is not about product and strategy and everything else. Business is about people. So if you're smart enough, you realize the linkage. Uh, and if you're not smart, you tend to alienate your own people, right? right? Which also unfortunately does happen. There was a recent McKinsey study just about a couple of weeks ago where they spoke about the prevalence of toxic workplaces in India. And they found yeah. that, you know, the number of toxic workplaces or toxicity in workplaces yeah. is really on the rise. So it seems to me that while you, you, may, have, you may have had these good conversations and experiences, it seems to me that the, the vast majority still has a long way to go to actually be I can put advanced. a number on it. Uh, uh, but I will say that, again, let's take the same examples, right? I'm talking about two leaders that I worked with, one 20 years ago, one recently who had that. But does that same philosophy get filtered down to everyone? Does all, do all managers think the same way and act the same way? Not necessarily. And I think that's where the challenge comes in. That's where the HR job come, comes in, yeah. right? Is to how to translate that, that core of empathy, of people centricity down to every single manager. It is quite possible that in a company where the CEO or the founders and others are very empathetic and so on, the frontline manager may not be. And maybe creating yeah. a toxic workplace for, for their own uh, team members. Right. Uh, and that's where I think HR people need to have their ears and noses to the ground, need to know what's happening and need to be there for people when, to your point that you brought up earlier, if people want to kind of bring it up and escalate and talk about it. So, we, you know, we, we talk about uh, toxic workplaces, we talk about employee burnout a lot, but not a lot of people really talk about HR burnout. <laughs> so, you know, everything that you've told me so far uh, makes me realize that HR's, HR leaders are in the hot seat. Managers yeah. and leaders are in the hot seat at all levels of the HR organization. Yeah. What does it do to them? What, does it, what has it done to you over a period of time dealing uh, with all this stuff day in and day out? I think it's a question of how you look at it. It is uh, easy, like I said, to get sucked into a, a sort of vicious cycle mm. of seeing all of this as close quarters, getting stressed out by the choices that you make daily, seeing the underbelly of the organization because most of these situations, right. whether it be compensation, whether it be say hiring, maybe say disciplinary issues, all of this you tend to see the underbelly of a lot of things, right? right. And, and it can it's easy to sort of get detached and a little bit uh, cynical maybe. So do you say that HR, HR managers over a period of time tend to become cynical? It's a question of choice again, how you look at it. I mean, you can, the way I have maintained my sanity, honestly, mm. is by making sure that I'm able to detach myself as much as possible. I'm able to view situations. I don't, I don't take one situation as an indicator of what the person is. Uh, so I think being able to detach ourselves, uh, having a strong support network outside HR so that you don't end up being in an echo chamber is important. Uh, I don't know if you're going to edit this out, but having a glass of wine at hand always helps. No, we're going to keep this in. We're going to keep this in, for sure. <laughs> uh, that helps. Uh, you know, having uh, having a sense of humor helps. You have to be able yeah. to take yourself lightly. You have to be able to view and know that what you are observing may feel like, like it's the entire world right now, but there's an entire world beyond that, which you need to be aware of. So it almost sounds it like it's like what, uh, you know, you could very well be a psychologist and I could be asking this question to a psychologist and they're giving me this answer. So do you think that HR leaders are sort of becoming like in-house psychologists where they're trying to understand 
the minds of their employees and thereby there's a lot that they absorbed there's a lot of energy that they absorb and they have to find that's a nice way there. of putting it um i think that's always been there uh i think a bit of undue reliance is placed upon hr to be the resident psychologist <laughs> you know a lot of employees tend to treat uh, their hr partners as their own personal counseling service which is or a punching always, bag or a punching <laughs> bag uh which is not always uh, a valid thing to do yeah. but yes i mean the ultimate job of being able to decode what's happening in the organization decode the culture and slowly gently steer the culture in the right direction mm. is finally yes the job of the hr person beyond the processes beyond the practices what are some things that are on the table what are some things that are off the table uh, for an employee to actually go and talk to an hr about well there's nothing that's really off the table mm. right i mean it's it's uh, uh, you can talk about anything as long as you're being sensible about it and right. and so on but i think what's off the table is certainly offline conversation there is there's no such there is thing no as offline a, there is no such thing as an offline conversation right? like for, when you speak to the media they say you're never off the record you're never <laughs> off the record right so uh, there's no such thing as an offline conversation right. uh, you know so i think you have to be you have to be mindful of that uh, and then of course i think uh, the the other extreme is that every time you see something that's going against the code of conduct or the principles or the ethics or whatever of the company i think that's something you have to escalate right it is not okay on you as an individual to sit back and say i'm just going to do my job and ignore this right that's not okay because ultimately somewhere in the short term or the long term is going to come back and bite you mm-hmm. so i think i see a lot of employees being fairly cynical and saying uh, you know cynical about hr etc and and holding back on on issues which could have been very very important right uh, that's just not the right thing to do you have right. to be able to speak up uh, if you want to look after your own career and make a difference to the world around you and also the other thing that we find is a lot of companies have health benefits yeah. packages but largely limited to providing health insurance so you think the time has come to sort of look beyond that oh absolutely thing? absolutely and i think organizations are doing that like yeah. whether it be yours or plenty of other organizations as well who are fairly new mm-hmm. and are reinterpreting employee well-being in newer ways uh and going beyond just standard insurance and stuff like that right, right? i've seen a huge uptake in for example counseling services mm-hmm. in india over the last 4 or 5 years mm-hmm. the uptake rate and i know this from across the industry from a few friends etc used to be anywhere less than 1% yeah say 4 or 5 years ago when I mean, thanks to the pandemic and and many other things uh now it's anywhere ranging from 2 to 5% for for most organizations right. that's a very healthy sign right mm-hmm. that people are taking it up we see that in personal life as well similarly programs similarly uh you know more innovative benefits that that integrate different aspects of well-being because mm-hmm. there is physical well-being there is right. mental well-being there mm-hmm. is financial well-being financial well-being so yes. how are we thinking about financial well-being for example right, right. there are organizations like a previous organization walmart etc that are reinterpreting financial well-being for literally millions of their yeah. workforce thinking about what it means right, right. i think uh, a more holistic look at wellbeing is what's required and many organizations are doing trying to do that exactly if you're a young hr professional entering the industry or within your first few years what are some of the tips that you would give for them to sort of learn to walk this tightrope <laughs> i think first of all it's uh, people tend to compartmentalize themselves and think about hr as being i am a people's person yes or i am a process champion i want to be a rewards and analytics person or i want to do human capital strategy or whatever the buzzword that you want to use 
the reality is that uh, true HR in whatever function yeah. straddles all of these. And you have to get comfortable with wearing multiple hats at the same time, mm. whichever function you're in. So I think you have to get your mind around that and, and feel excited about it because it's a great opportunity to learn. But at the same time, like we discussed, um, you can tend to get a little bit tired and burnt out and cynical sometimes because it's not easy to do it. Yeah. So agree on whatever principles work for you, right? And then stay close to those principles, right? Know yourself. I think that's super important. Mm -hmm. uh, figure out what kind of drivers or principles you're going to use to take your decisions about what choices you're going to be on. Right. I think that's important. Being able to detach yourself from the situation as much as possible. Having a support network, like I said, of people beyond HR. So you're not surrounded in an echo chamber. Right. And uh, yeah, and, and having whatever unwinding mechanisms work for you, whether it be a, you know, a cup of tea or a glass of wine or books or movies or yeah. whatever works for you. I think that's super important. That's awesome. And I hope that uh, those viewing it will be able to incorporate these tips and you know, I hope so. learn to walk that tightrope. So uh, Subhip, uh, as is a norm in our show, we always allow our guests to uh, close the loop as we call it in the end. So. Any uh, final thoughts on this sort of fairly nebulous gray zone of how HRs can sort of balance the balance between business and employees? Any any final thoughts from you? No, I think uh, we've covered a lot of it. I think your topic hit it bang on. It's about hum aapke hai kaun. It's a question that HR people ask themselves. Leaders ask their HR people, yeah, and employees uh, translate it in the form of multiple memes and uh, and TikTok videos. <laughs> Over a period of time, it's a tough question to ask, uh, but it's a question that needs to be asked. It's a question that confronts us on a day-to-day -day basis. Right. And uh, it's a it's a tightrope, it's a balancing act, but it's also very exciting. And I think it's important for everyone to look at this a little bit more holistically. Sure. Thank you, Sudeep, for joining Close the Loop. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks.